I'm Maddie. And I am Ryan of The Mutant Ages, a wow, TV what's show. That? It's a TV show, Maddie. <laughs> oh, cool. What is it about? <laughs> it's Mutant Ages, the cartoon featuring uh-huh. Maddie and Ryan, who are these cool two mutants. No, who... no. Yes, this isn't it is. a listener mail episode. This is a regular episode where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men. Just take a squat on my dreams. Just thanks. I'm sorry. That's what we're doing. This week, we're watching the second episode ever of X-Men Evolution. Back when we Impulse. I, I like these names. I noticed that the titles after this become normal-ish. Oh, so they do? I don't know what I, that's kind of sad. I thought they were all gonna have X in them. And I was like, Me oh too. cool, okay. No, we're that just ended have X's. up being the oh god, what the fuck is that show that I don't like with Polaris in the it? The gifted? Yeah, the final piece of Fox's bullshit. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. uh they so did they that. Have they the have an X, X and everything. X in every yeah. single episode title. Well, they they only did it for the first couple of this of this show. Right. But yeah, I really enjoyed this. If folks Me haven't too. gone back and listened to um, our episode about the pilot for X-Men Evolution. You should definitely go back and we can check okay, that wait, out. Okay, we, like, we do this again. Not? We haven't been able to do this in a month and a half, but yes. previously on the X-Men. Yeah. So we are in the world of X-Men Evolution where it is this weird fan fiction world that's like, yeah. what if all the X-Men were in high school with the exception of Storm and Wolverine who are and teachers Xavier. at that yeah. high school? Yeah. Right. They're all still adults. Everybody else is a teenager or a kid. And, and they all go to school and this place called Bayville High. So that's not even like, they're not even taught at the mansion. Yeah, which is surprising, but they live at the mansion. It's like dormitories. I think it's supposed to be like a frat house type yeah, of situation. Yeah, kind of, kind of. It is kind of know. like a frat house or like a dormitory or, or like a orphanage almost it's sort of like a combination of all those for ideas. like all these these gay kids that yeah, into, because the metaphors kids. are so heavy heavy in this show they're almost they heavy-handed. are except like also professor x is giving all of these teenagers cool superhero suits and sending them into the danger room to fight because right. he's training them to be a death squad <laughs> i guess so but here's the thing so, in the background of yeah all but of cyclops this. and gene are his only students at this point. I guess you can count Storm and Wolverine. He just added Kurt to the mix as well. And they tried recruiting Toad. It didn't work out. Right. But the whole thing is that in this show, they are not training to necessarily even be vigilante X-Men because I know it's like somewhere in season two or I three where Cyclops... I don't know what they're training to do. Well, no, it's, it's, I think it's season two where Cyclops is eventually like, 
he uses his powers to save kids on a bus or something. Uh-huh. And Xavier's like, we can't be exposing ourselves in public. And it's Cyclops is like, then what the fuck are, are we, we even doing? doing? I really wonder that because like in this episode, which we'll get to, Jean kind of gets her little superhero moment. And so I was like, oh, is that what they're all supposed to be doing? Like when they put on their superhero outfits? Like are they supposed to be? Who even knows? It's not really well explained. And yeah, it's, I, not I yet don't anyway. Know. So that was the whole thing. And also Mystique is the principal. Right, Mystique is an adult as well. So Toad is still a kid, but Mystique and Magneto are adults and they're they've recruited Toad to like the sort of teenage brotherhood, brotherhood of mutants, yeah. I guess, but Toad's the only teenager in it so far. But it's uh, this show also, by the way, all the characters what so, I don't know, it's these age differences are wild and they out are. of character for all of them. However, the characters themselves in terms of their personality are they they just nail it on this oh, show. Yeah. I love they that. They really do. I love that for And them. they even make some characters who we dislike, like Cyclops, for instance. I kind of like him on this show. I don't yeah. dislike well, him, I think but he's because... still Scott. He still has his personality, you know? But I think his personality is so much more bearable to see in like a 17-year-old or however old he's supposed to be. I think they're supposed to be maybe 15 because well, when we meet yeah. Kitty Pride in this episode, I think they say she's 15. And I don't know if they're all supposed to right. be the same age, but that's how old no, Kitty Pride is at that, least. I think... Cyclops and Jean are juniors or seniors because I right. think they eventually so they're 16, graduate or something. 17, yeah. yeah. So they're a little, little bit older, but I do feel like Scott's like Boy Scout thing and like looking up to Xavier and like following orders and just generally trying to stay safe makes a lot more sense for a kid. Whereas with an adult man, it's kind of like, Jesus, Scott, like, why are you an authoritarian? Like, please stop I, doing I, yeah. this. But like, yeah, as I a know. kid, as a kid, it kind of makes a certain sense. And like, even Jean's flirty attitude and impulsivity and so on is like well she's a teenage girl that all fits i don't know i'm really enjoying it um i do too i'm digging the show i i love gene on this show it's nice to see her do something i know it's i'm loving that gene gets to do shit like yeah i love it i love it and i love that in this episode she does more than she did in the entirety of X-Men the Animated Series altogether it's crazy and i know that she gets to do more they they keep her very overconfident, kind of fiery, stubborn temper. I mean, in this I guess TV. this is why I liked Jean. Like, looking back on, like, my teenage self, I'm like, was it this show? Like, what did I... I, think, I, I guess This so. show is, this like... This show and, like, the first X-Men movie were enough for me to think she was bad. cool. This bad. I keep on trying to tell people that uh, that don't believe me. I'm like, X-Men Evolution's pretty good. And that being said, this Who episode... Who are these people and how dare they? <laughs> yeah, but this, this episode, I watched it and I was like, this episode's very dark. It's heavy-handed with the uh, the metaphors. metaphors. You know and what? I think I'm it's, for it. I'm fine with me it. Me too. And okay, so before we get started, there's a couple things. One, people have talked about this, including myself, where they're like, why did they do Kitty dirty on this show? And I watched this episode. I'm like, actually, Kitty's completely in personality down to every line and action she does. She is completely Kitty Pride. They Maybe nailed she the changes more later. No. It, what it is is that <laughs> her fucking voice in this is ridiculous yeah it's i don't know true. why she's got a valley girl accent it's just there which is fine i don't know if they're trying to do this thing where she's like this is her accent from illinois or whatever but it, it doesn't, doesn't make sound any good sense. she's I, too whiny and it's it's like oh my god Kurt! and it's like <laughs> why but then she has all these lines that if they were delivered, if you read them on a piece of paper as Kitty Pride, Maddie, like if you did, yeah, you're like, okay, yeah. I'm going to channel Kitty's voice, you would sound like actual Kitty Pride from the comic books. They just like chose this voice actress and they were like, yeah, run with that. Yeah, I don't like know be why. a little bit ditzy, which is kind of weird 
because even the way other kids treat her at school isn't like she's it doesn't, that yeah, way. She, yeah, she's not a ditz is what they... Yeah, they show they, her as being like a perfectionist nerd kind of a character who like really yeah. wants to do the right thing and like and be... And super smart, you Potential know? leader and stuff, the things we know about Kitty. So like, I don't really get the Valley Girl thing, but I'm also I like, sometimes teenagers just try on an identity because they think it sounds cool. So even through that lens, I was kind of like, maybe she just thinks this is a cool way of talking. And I was, it didn't annoy me that much, but I didn't know that that was something that people said about the show in watching this. I just went in like totally neutral. I, I can, think that's I can a good understand idea. why people might. I just might... wanted to talk about it. No, you that's know? fair. That's fair. That's kind of interesting. I, I really like wasn't immersed in like whatever the responses were to this show. So I feel like I get to just watch it and be like, yeah, it's great. Uh, honestly, <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> well, okay. Honestly, the responses to this show were pretty good. They were pretty positive. I think there's a reason why so many of our listeners have been excited for us to get to this. They they mm-hmm. also have the same sort of attachment to it that we do. Right. And there's a reason for it. And, it, and as we break down this episode, it becomes clear that this show was very political. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's great. And one other thing before we get started is that the other character we are introduced into this is Avalanche. Yes. And this version of Avalanche goes by the name of Lance Alvers, which is not a name he has in the comic books. It's like mm-hmm. Dominic or something. Yeah. And it is Avalanche's story for sure, because Avalanche is a character who started off as a hero and kind of made his way into like an anti-hero to just like just a a, a protester or somebody that was a political activist. And he's, mm-hmm. he's been kind of on the good side of things for a while now so he has that story in terms of his background but then he has the personality and also the relationships and friendships with people that richter has who is a a gay character in the x-men who also has like earthquake powers and he looks like him acts like him and he like even holds the same relationships with the people like him and boom boom are almost exactly like richter and boom boom in the comic book so it's kind of like this lance elvers character is sort of a combination of avalanche and richter which is kind of weird it's i don't know it's but i like him on this show so it works but i have to tell people that because yeah no it's worth noting that he definitely doesn't come off as gay in like a literal sense in this episode only in the no. metaphorical sense but no he we doesn't. can talk about how he's portrayed when it comes to that when we get to him but he's definitely like a super macho guy in this episode he is, he is. um so let's get started sure. so kitty pride is having a, a typical dream of just flying around which we've, we've all had one of those yeah, where we're like the we best have the dreams to fly. ever where you get to fly and she's flying I know, through and new hopefully york they city work or out whatever well. i know i mean i've had those and they're great and then yeah. i either wake up or sometimes you do fall suddenly and you just yes. like suddenly realize you like you've ever had a dream where you're flying and suddenly you realize in your dream you're like wait a second i can't fly so then you just start, start falling to the that is what happens to kitty here which yeah. is yeah so and usually that happens when you're actually falling out of bed like have you ever had a dream where you're falling in the dream and then you fall out of bed in real life i don't think i i, I don't I think i've fallen out of bed <laughs> since i was a child i don't remember it. all of that is what happens to kitty though like she's having a dream she's flying and then suddenly she's falling and she's falling in real life because she's falling through her bed, through the floor, all the way into the basement because her powers have suddenly kicked in for the first time, I think, as far as we know. I think she said that she had a similar experience this before, but maybe I'm wrong. So I, don't, I mean, they don't explain it. I feel like you could interpret it any which way, but she's definitely like 
really freaked out when she wakes up and she's in the basement suddenly. Yeah, she's like, she's like, what the fuck? And and her, her parents, parents run downstairs. They're like, they're like, what the fuck's happening? Like, are you okay? And Kitty's like, I was. She's like, I was having a dream and I fell. And they're like, oh, were you sleepwalking? Like, yeah. what's happening? By the way, it's like thundering outside. It's yeah, thundering it's and lightning. It's like a horror movie opening in some ways. Like, that's how yeah. it's cut together is like horror, which I thought was interesting and kind of cool. And so then she's she's like, I fell. I fell through the ceiling. And she like looks up at the ceiling. And then there's like the horror shot of like part of her bed sheets are like trapped in the ceiling itself. Yeah, because and it's also Kitty's her. mom is like, it was just a dream. Her dad looks up and she's like, he's like, no, I'm not sure about that. And yeah. like, so they're, they all look freaky. They're freaking out. The, this is when the thunder and the lightning is crackling in the background as Kitty screams, what's happening? What am I? Yeah. Which is like Sad. such a dark opening to this. Meanwhile, Xavier's mutant alarm goes off. Yeah. Okay, so this is why I think it's Kitty's first expression of her mutant powers because the fucking mutant alarm goes off in Xavier's mansion. No, 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 no. No, it's not because Xavier says this is the second time he's picked up on this ah, particular mutant signature. Good catch. So he's, okay. he, he knows that it's happened before. And I think Kitty knows it's happened before, but like it, 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 he says it's the second time. So whatever happened the first time, Kitty must have been like- Hidden it maybe, yeah. But yeah, but also like been like, maybe that didn't really happen. Yeah. But like now it's gotten to this point where it clearly did did happen and now her parents know about it so mm-hmm. and cerebro already knows everything about her which is and xavier spooky. gets on his little like headset and he's like prepare the blackbird i found another child soldier for us to recruit <laughs> yeah and yep. it's like <laughs> you know yeah so then um after the intro we get to see kurt who's late for school while eating a cheeseburger which i was like holy shit a cheeseburger for breakfast <laughs> like remember being a teenager yes like, i know and like oh thinking that's God. okay yeah. okay also it's playing this cool they wrote so much music for this tv show i like it though it's fun they, they're, they're playing some sort of cool 2000 grunge music here but it's I couldn't find it anywhere. It's not like the Toad rap where I yeah, could actually where find, you could find that. find it, yeah. Yeah, this, I don't know what it was, but it sounds like something we would have listened to in high school. Yeah, I'm. you know, we keep calling Mystique the principal. Honestly, I have no idea what her job is, but anyway, she's standing <laughs> outside the school. She is the principal because she- Wearing her suit still, looking fucking amazing. I love Mystique on this show so much. Me too. And like, so Kurt- in order to get to school a little bit faster, he secretly teleports. And then there's sort of this implication that maybe Mystique saw him teleport, but she doesn't acknowledge it. She's just like, hey, you're late. And then she um, she grabs, grabs his wrist, wrist because he's wearing that special watch that Xavier gave him that makes him look uh, not, have, oh. not have blue skin anymore. And she holds up the watch and she's like, watch isn't slow, must be you. And I was like, does Mystique know that that watch? I think she does. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And then she's like, another tardy, Mr. Wagner, and I'm enrolling you in my after school program, which was another line that I was like, Mystique's trying to recruit him. And then Scott walks out and grabs Kurt really quick. And he's like, hey, your teacher sent me to look for you. Okay, bye, Miss Darkholm. And I was like, oh yeah. my God, okay, Scott. <laughs> Wait, okay, so I actually, this is great now you think about it but like mystique is kurt's mother yes and so the fact that she's mad at him about him being late is perfect and in character but also they do reveal later on this show that she's his mom i she knows that like and she knows who he is so, so she probably knows what the watch is then because she's probably yeah. like why aren't you but you, blue, don't, you don't learn that until like seasons <laughs> like season two or something like that That's because then cool. eventually like rogue figures out that it's her mom also it's mm-hmm. it's crazy and then 
they have to deal with that trauma. <laughs> Great. I am looking so, forward to it. But anyway, so that's that scene. Then I love, this is when we start, the, the gay metaphors start happening here. They just don't stop. They don't stop, stop from coming. Point. So basically Kitty's trying to leave her house. She's trying to sneak out of school and her mom was like, she catches her and she's like, I thought you were staying home today. And Kitty's like, yeah, well, you don't know, you don't want to talk about it, but I'm totally going stir crazy sitting around here, which I like that she said, you don't want to talk about it. Yes. Like, I that's liked really, it. that's really great. And Mrs. Pride says, but should you really be at school? Yeah. And I, you know, it's just, it's, they're like now protecting her. They're like, our but, kid's gay. But should we send her to school? What should we do? They're kind of ashamed of her and they're like worried about her I don't even know. Like, they're well, worried they that she'll be a do. danger to other people, perhaps, or that she will be in danger. Or she'll unclear. be in danger to herself. They don't yeah. know. They have no information. And we hear her dad being like, Kitty, where are you? And Kitty's like, please, mom, dad will make me stay. And she, her mom hesitates and she goes, okay, go on, go be gay in public. Just, just, but, yeah, but like, then just as Kitty school. leaves, and, but she but looks also, like, you so know, worried. Yeah, she looks so worried. And also, you know that the mom is going to lie to the dad and be like, yeah, Kitty snuck out on her own. I don't know, which is like, uh, I don't know. I liked it. I liked that like immediately it's dividing their family in a way that felt real and poignant, even though it's like a really short scene. I don't know. They do a lot with a little on this show, which I like about it. So. Next scene, unless you have anything yes. else to say. Next scene. Xavier and Jean are in the Blackbird. Jean's like, why me? Why not all of us? And Xavier's like, you're the one who can connect with this girl. And then Jean's like, I hope so. But then how are we handling the other kids Cerebro spied out, the one in the foster home? And Xavier's like, yes, let me worry about that. You worry about impressing Kitty's parents because you're my pet and I need to kidnap their daughter too. <laughs> I mean, it's Jean so bad. Is I, like, I, I like okay. how... <laughs> I like how we were like Xavier's gonna be better on evolution and so far he's just gotten worse I hated this I mean okay I know that the show is presenting this as though Xavier is like the correct choice and that like the kids being taken away from their parents love with Xavier is good but I was like so far on my mystique side where she's taking these kids that have been kicked out of their home for being gay and she's like okay let's fight back against the system and Xavier's like let's just have turn them to chill (laughs) child soldiers I'm like what yeah I just I don't really know what Xavier's motivations are, and I guess we're going to find out more about what they are. I don't know that Mystique's are do. any better than than. I Xavier's. mean, it is Mystique that we're talking about They're here. They're both so. kind of terrible. Like, either way, we're talking about, like, adults kind of taking advantage of kids here, which, to clarify, is interesting, and I think it's going to continue to be interesting throughout the show. But in Xavier's case, I'm just like, he literally tells Jean that she needs to focus on impressing Kitty's parents because she's his model student, and, like that's the person that he's showing off. He's basically like, you need to help me convince them that yeah. we should take away their daughter forever because like, you're doing really well, aren't you, Jean? But also aren't like, you you're a girl here? and you're her age so yes. you can relate to her so you but can also, convince like, her parents. But also like, she's perfect and like, you know, she's the, also a model student or whatever so she gets to provide the template for what Kitty's gonna turn into for Xavier and also her own parents. I don't know. It's just interesting to I me. I mean, that's a, that does line up with the comic books where, because like Xavier did make Jean to be his model student originally until eventually she was kind of like fuck this yeah which I I like that I don't know if that happens on this show or not but they're definitely setting up that relationship between Xavier and Jean which I liked so they get to Kitty's uh, parents house and Xavier and Jean asked to come in 
and they he, won't like, that's let what him Xavier in. does. Like Xavier's just like, can I come to your house? And they're like, who no? the fuck are you? It's like, you know, when somebody shows up that's part of like a super religious group and they're like knocking on your like windows and shit, yeah. being like, We have something to tell you. Can we come in? And then you're like, No. And they're like, Okay, well, we're just gonna talk to you anyway. Like, on outside, your front like through porch. the window. Yeah. Like, it's that's basically what Xavier does. And he's like, I think you know Kitty's going through a very unique transition. We wanna help her through it. Why don't you tell us about last night? And the dad is like, That's none of your business. It's fucking creepy that you know that. Get out of like, our yeah. house. He's like, get the fuck out. I wrote down like Xavier, like let me just quickly invade your privacy completely. Yeah. Like the fact that he knows any of that, because they didn't yeah, fucking tell anyone. I feel like if this is normally his intro, like he's doing a terrible job kidnapping children. Like Xavier, you're yeah, I, going I mean, honestly, to need to get it together if you want to kidnap yeah, people's so, kids. And so then they slam the door and Xavier just goes he, to Jean. Yeah, he, he's like, well, you're going to have to conf- confront her at school, I guess, because like that failed. And Jean is like, okay, oh, but that's, that's also a crazy thing to do. Oh, Xavier's no. like, he's like, well, her parents will let us in. So Jean, can you please go and pose as a child at Katie's school and try to get her to <laughs> yeah, leave school? Yeah, because it's not Jean's school, by the way. Like, it's a different no. school. Yeah, do you, I want to know what teacher, like, what school is it that teachers saw this girl walking down the hall that they never saw before and didn't question at all? I mean, all? it was probably, like, my school where, like, hundreds and hundreds of kids were there, oh, so, like, nobody would true. question any of it. So, like, that was probably fine. I mean, would it be? They're out in the middle of Illinois, right? Maybe it was a really big school in Illinois. We don't know anything about Illinois. This isn't X-Men TAS, no. though, where, like, every single state is a wasteland. Apparently, there's actually high no, schools in No, we already went Illinois. to a different state. I know. It's kind of nice. Yeah. So, we we don't know what's going to happen here yet, but we at first, we're going to take a break for this incredibly <laughs> gay montage where Logan's like washing his motorcycle by the way Logan Logan hasn't done anything on this show so far he like showed up at the end of the episode arguably he doesn't do anything in this episode either no I don't know what his point is in this show they should have just let him be a teenager it wouldn't have made any sense if he was one though like we went over this last week but like he's a hundred years old or whatever like he can't be a teenager do you think that's the only reason why they made Storm an adult is because they need somebody to be parallel to Wolverine yeah I, I, I truly I think, think that. Weird. I think they needed some other X-Men to be a foil to, to Logan. And they were like, having it be Jean means it's weird if it's not also Scott. So like, let's have it be Storm. Like, I get I get the logic there. But yeah, anyway, Logan yeah. is polishing his motorcycle. It's like, it's crazy. I know he's polishing his motorcycle. It's so good. And he stops and he sniffs the air. He's like saber tooth. It's I know, so... suddenly, suddenly the Power Rangers music starts playing. It's like, it's like. And then we see saber tooth also whispering Wolverine like somewhere else. Like Yeah, he's like on a motorcycle. By the way, on his motorcycle that has a cat tail because he's saber tooth. Because he's a cat. Baby. Oh my god. And then it goes back to Logan. Who slowly puts on his costume. No, 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 no. First he's standing dramatically on the roof of the X-Men <laughs> X-Mansion screaming Sabretooth! Oh and then it goes back to god. Sabretooth again and he goes Wolverine. And I was like, this is the Akira shit right here. It's so gay. And then, yeah, and then Logan that's, that's slowly he... sexually puts on his costume. <laughs> and I guess then... the Batman movies from like, I'm not talking about any Batman movie. It's like Batman and Robin Yeah, level. it's Batman and Robin. And then Okay, so he puts on his Wolverine mask and then dramatically he puts his helmet. motorcycle helmet on over Which the mask. Which I was like, why is he even wearing his costume? I don't know. Why? I don't know. And so then know. he hops on his motorcycle and like drives past Scott and Kurt who are swooning at this, by the yeah, way. They are, they, are, they, are, they are getting so hard for him. Yeah, Kurt's because like, he's the cool older guy and like Scott and Kurt are like, oh my goodness, look at this I know, hobby. Cyclops goes, 
Cyclops just says, that man is packing heat. And yeah. I was like, holy shit, he's gay. I know. <laughs> I like, that is code for he's got a big dick. And Kurt is like, where is he going? And Scott is like, well, at least what I wrote is probably he's just fucking some new guy. Want to go be voyeuristic and follow him? And Kurt is like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's take this giant van. And then Scott's response is like, no, we need something low profile. So he puts out a, a, sports out a convertible car. sports car, which I'm like, that is not less profile like that I is not a low profile i think that's the joke though is that like they're teenagers and so they're uh, like yeah it's scott this is the version it's of Scott's scott like that- here's my really cool car mm-hmm. i don't they give him a lot of cool cars they on this do. TV show, which so i appreciate spoiled. like xavier bought scott all these cars i guess like what the fuck anyway well i we i know that he is actually in, in this show he's also still an orphan i think xavier like adopts him or yeah, some probably. crazy shit so anyway that actually is scott's convertible like he refers to it later as being his car so Lucky kid. That's true. Anyway. And so, oh, wait, wait, important moment before we jump away. Kurt jumps into the car and puts his arm around Scott and they drive away. It's adorable. I love them. I, I took a screenshot of it. And I was like, am I supposed to pretend they're not gay here? They're, gay. they're clearly I, I, gay. You know what? I wouldn't have normally shipped them, but on this show, they're clearly dating. Yeah, I know. That's what I said. I made a tweet. I was like, X-Men Evolution is so gay, but it's like with the weirdest pairings that you would never expect it. Like, Cyclops and Nightcrawler. Yeah, not a pairing that I would have ever expected in my lifetime. I wouldn't have expected it either. But I really think their energy is cute on this show, and also they both clearly have a crush on their older teacher Logan, which is also really cute to me. So I'm into all of it. So anyway, we go to Kitty's school for the next scene. Um, Kitty goes to her locker. This scene is kind of silly. I liked this episode, but this is not how girls bully each other. For the record, so these two mean girls see her and they're making fun of her because they're like oh she's probably dreading pe ha 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 probably the only class she's not acing so she's a nerd i guess and then they shove her into her locker shove kitty into her locker which like yeah that's not what girls do <laughs> like that never, <laughs> that's just not a thing like I, maybe it happens sometimes but usually usually women bully each other psychologically not always there are exceptions where girls physically attack each other but it's pretty rare because women are pretty strongly socialized not to do that by this age so whatever that's me off my soapbox it's clear that they only want to put kitty in the locker so that she can get out of it using her powers you know like i got it as soon as they did it i was like i get it whatever fine so they walk away she's banging on the locker um avalanche shows up yeah and he's doing graffiti outside on the lockers he leaves a men's room and he's like i'm just gonna spray graffiti all over randomly the he's not even like drawing a tag he's just no he's he's, he's just, just spraying stripes cool. he's super cool super super cool i guess we could describe him a little bit because he does look really cool because in a 90s way yeah like he has the like shaggy dark hair he's like tall you know dressed like a grunge rocker you know what i mean like he does look pretty cool on this show he does he does he's got the ripped off button down shirt that's yep, brown and so it's just like a vest over like some goth black t-shirt and like grungy jeans and stuff Mm -hmm. so anyway uh kitty's banging on the locker and then she falls out of the locker on top of this guy like she phases through the locker yes yes and he is like whoa did you see what you just did and kitty's like what i just fell out and he's like she's pretending she's doing that that, which makes me think that the first time it happened to Kitty, Kitty just like immediately was like, oh, that's not what really happened, you know? Yeah, although in this case, I think she's genuinely trying to fake it. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because he already saw it and he's like, right through the door, that's so cool. And Kitty's like, whatever, you're crazy. And he's like, no, I'm the one around here who gets the beauty of it because you're just like me. And then he like 
does an avalanche, makes an earthquake, basically. He does. And he's like, get the picture. <laughs> I think it's funny because it looks like he's jerking off every single time he does it. Like, it looks like he's having an orgasm. And then he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and like the room is destroyed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, when, having sex with avalanche kind of seems like it's going it to be, be it's just going to rock your world, you know? Yeah. I mean, he literally says that in the next line, Ryan. Yeah, like, oh, that's right. Kitty's like, Kitty's like, no, you're a freak. Leave me alone. And she runs away and he goes, you can run, but you can't hide. I'm going to rock your world, which is like, oh, my God. Oh, my I mean, God. Well, I put I put down here metaphor. Lance says, you're gay, just like me. Isn't that awesome? Kitty, no, you're some kind of freak. Leave me alone. I don't want to be gay. Mm-hmm. That's that was the vibe I got. Also, when they were bullying Kitty and shoving her into the locker because she was a nerd, I thought that was one motive for. But he also read it as these girls being like, "Look at that gay kid. Let's beat her up." Because that was unfortunately how it was in two thousand. That's so. true, and it. I do think that the two of them are presented as like cheerleaders who have this very normative feminine performance, yes. whereas Kitty is a nerd, but she's like clearly trying on this more feminine persona with the way she talks. I'm probably overthinking this, but I feel like there's something to that because this show is like really showing you a different, different ways that kids can't fit in beyond just the typical ones. Cause there's a lot of different kinds of kids on the show. So right. I don't know. It's, I, I do think that like the gay metaphor is more of a metaphor when it comes to Avalanche and Kitty though, because like Avalanche is clearly like hitting on her because he's yeah, I, straight. That's, as that's far what as I got. Show's that's, that is what I got too. But I also, it's like the same thing with Toad where it's kind of like, hey, you're gay. I'm also gay. You know, like, let's, right, you know, like, let's be pals. Here's the other thing is that this is where it gets really confusing when you're a teenager and you're like, you know that you're not straight, right? And you think you're gay. Like, you're like, I'm into dudes. Like, I was a teenager and I was into dudes, but I also trade on sort of like the bisexual thing for a little while because mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. And so, like, I kind of read Lance in this whole series as somebody who is gay, but, like, is pining over Kitty because, like, they do have a thing in common. So, I uh, here's the, like, think about our entire high school clique of friends that we hung out with. And, like, it was much bigger than it, it wound up being, like, as time went on. But we stayed, I stayed in touch with almost all of them. And all of us, like, turned out to be gay, including the girl I dated. You know, we dated for, like, a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And she's gay and she has a girlfriend now. I'm gay. But like she didn't come out until way later. Yeah. And so we did it for a long time. But I knew at the time I was bisexual and that I was mostly into men. But I kind of made this exception for her. Where I was like, well, you know, I get this kind of vibe that we're similar in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be that we were just both gay. <laughs> you know, and so I think that is a thing that happens in high school. Yeah, no, I think you're a hundred percent right. And I also think that Avalanche, like his whole macho persona and like he he grabs Kitty in this scene, he's really putting it on. Like he's he's definitely overcompensating and insecure, and that yes. is his downfall, which is depressing but also another thing that i think is really common for teenagers and i like seeing on this show yeah me too i thought it was presented really well yeah so then kitty goes out to jim and they're outside and like the woman's like you're late to class and kitty's like sorry i had some trouble with my locker as she eyes the girls because she's still too afraid to sort of rat out these girls that like push her because i don't know if she's afraid that they'll pick on her some probably yeah yeah I mean, that's like what it was like. So that makes sense. Yeah. But it's like, it's also Kitty and she wants to sort of fight them. Like she's getting to that point in that episode. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we go to the rooftop where two guys that have Scott and Toad's voices are standing there. (laughs) 
but it's not really, scott and toad but also not, these characters don't really matter anyway they're hanging out with avalanche yeah they're trying to break into like the principal's office through the rooftop like the principal has this skylight that no other part of the school has yeah but they can't get in so it, no. they they can't figure it out and they say that they're going to be stealing some answer keys so that they can sell them to people who want to cheat so basically they're just putting together a, an independent business you know uh yeah. totally legitimate independent business and so they're like damn we can't get into the skylight but somehow they got up to the roof and they couldn't get any further than that <laughs> yeah and then also avalanche is there yeah and so he's like i've got a sweeter idea her and he points to kitty pride who's out in the field doing the long jump for gym class that's that's also why i feel like in this episode he's not straight i feel like he's flirting with her to get her to do what he wants that's what i think oh definitely but it's also like just a power thing for him i mean he's a classic this is like a classic early villain origin story for him which i again oh yeah because that that kid's like i don't think we should do that and lance grabs him and sends a tremor through this kid's body yeah which is like fucked up yeah and he's like he's like we're gonna do this understand they're like yeah we're sorry we'll never question you ever again yeah he's on a little power trip (laughs) he uh, yeah i mean and we kind of get like a perspective as to why he is the way he is, which I think is really interesting. But we'll get there. So first, Kitty is trying to do the lawn jump because she was late. And she's like, the teacher's like, well, you were late, so you're going to go first. And so Kitty jumps. She doesn't make it. And she yeah. falls and hits the ground. And she gets really angry yeah, about it. Yeah, she punches is, the ground. Yeah, th- That is such a Kitty pride thing. Kitty yeah. is like... I liked it. She just gets so... She's so tough on herself and on, on other people. Like, she gets pissed all mm-hmm. the time and i kind of love that about her character yeah she's like that and then the girl goes then when the mean girl's like wow little <laughs> kitty cat's got a temper and the mean girl's like this is how you do it and she does like 20 flips to get on <laughs> over there but then she's tripped because avalanche is like okay fuck that and he shakes the ground a little so the girl trips and yeah. like kitty's like looks up and lance is just like waving at her yeah like hey are you impressed by me now? Yeah, and Kitty's Kitty just like, goes, Kitty uh, starts no. freaking out and she yeah. starts right away directly into Jean, who's in the middle of the field, by the way. Standing there, and, just standing there. And Kitty there. runs directly into Jean's boobs, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then Jean just kind of like stares at her thoughtfully and is like, okay, I guess that's Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clearly the gate went here. Yeah, so Kitty gets to the school theater department and there's like a play set for like a kitchen. And so she's like yeah. starts kicking a chair and then like knocks a also bunch of very stuff Kitty over. Fried. Yeah, she's throwing a little tantrum. Yeah. And so then she... Uh, her hands go through a bowl of fruit like as it's falling she tries to catch it and then she touches the bowl again and it's solid and then she like sort of concentrates and like realizes that if she concentrates she can put her hand through the bowl and she's sort of like surprised by that and amazed by it she's surprised but yeah but she's not I think this is the first time she does it and controls it and like realizes she can she's starting to slowly accept that she has this power and that she doesn't hate it right yeah she has a little moment there and then Jean walks in this whole scene is great Oh my God. Yeah. I love this. I love this whole scene because it gives Jean a lot to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know. I wrote it all down. So did I. You can you can read it though. Oh, I was gonna say you could be Jean and I could be Kitty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've never done this before, but uh, I think it's the first time we actually Gina wrote it all down. Let's write it down properly. We'll see. Um so okay. Jean walks in and she says, Kitty, are you all right? Yeah, Kitty's like, 
that rah-rah Riley a friend of yours because I had nothing to do whatever happened to the sandpit. I know, and I'm not Riley's friend. Well, it looks like you would be her friend. And then she, Kitty grabs this fake mask from off the wall and puts it over her face, which I thought it was cute. Yeah, and Jean has this little line where she's like, there's no need for masks. This is around where I stopped writing down every line. But Kitty yells at her, so you can okay, say well, whatever okay. she said. I'll just, I'll just finish, I'll finish it off though. So Jean says, Kitty... There's no reason for masks. I know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And Kenny's like, you don't know anything. And neither does that creepy guy out there. And Jean goes, who? Lance? Which I guess Xavier must have briefed her. I don't really know. Yeah, he mentions Lance's name when they're in the X-Jet together. And Jean is like, forget him. This is about you. You and your wonderful new gift. Which is very like, I'm gay. You're gay. This scene is really fucking gay. This this whole scene's so gay. And the kitty goes, I don't have any gifts. Just a curse. Also... I'm not gay. It's just, I'm just cursed with this thing. Yeah, and Jean is like, only if you let it be. I'd like to help you understand. Together, we can... And Kitty interrupts her there. Yeah, Kitty goes, I don't want any of this. It's hard enough being normal, you know? Which, yeah. Uh, this, this is sad. And I then know. Jean's like... Kitty, I just want you to watch me for a second, please. And then she uses her telekinesis. She lifts the mask out of Kitty's hands and she puts it back on the wall, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. And Kitty's like... How'd you do that? <laughs> and Jean's like... The same way you can pass through walls, just like you. One morning I woke up and I had this power. And trust me, I hated it too. (laughs) I don't believe you. This is a trick. No, no, you do believe me. I know because of my other ability, I can read your thoughts. And then I just wrote, don't, Gene, don't out of my head. I know. And then (laughs) Gene came runs away. And I said that. I'm like, I wrote down, Ryan says, why did you have to pull an Xavier here? Maybe yeah. you could have just left it with the telekinesis. But if she's being trained by Xavier, I, know, I guess. Which felt I realistic to me, as annoying as it is. And also, she's a teenager. So, of course, she's like kind of going to fuck this up. Like, I don't know. All of it felt believable to me, even though it was I also mean, frustrating. I'm, I'm sure if I was in this situation, I probably would have done that too. But like, no, see, my other powers that I could read your thoughts, like <laughs> thinking that that is a good way to yeah, relate as opposed myself. to like what it obviously does do, which is freak kitty the it's fuck scare out. somebody. I know. I do like this scene though because it's very much like Jean being like hey I'm also gay and I also used to hate it but yeah I but figured I actually it out like I worked through being it gay. yeah like it's great and so that and then Lance just shows up and grabs Jean yeah. he's like piece of advice Fred I'm the only friend that girl's going to need so you better back yourself off and he just like pushes Jean aside and Jean's like wait what the fuck just happened this like, still read as gay to me where it was just like the guy who sees two girls talking he's like you're standing too close to each other That what are you fucking gay like all of it I was like yeah this is gay yeah are you gay, <laughs> gay Who, everyone's show. gay this is the gay show so then Kitty's back at her locker <laughs> she spent so much time at her locker in this episode the, which is funny because last episode Cyclops was constantly at his locker it's like this is the sets of this show it's like the x institute lockers at the high school <laughs> and then also the, Kitty's the house. food court yeah, yeah that's it those are the only places so then lance comes back over to kitty and he decides he's going to introduce himself and he's like we need to talk and lance is basically like and this, trying to be nice this, this time yes and i this is when we see inside of what happened to lance and what his perspective is and i think again this is very much the game metaphor because he says you feel sick inside every time you think about it, don't you? You want it to go away, but it won't. You're afraid of what might happen. Your parents are clueless, probably ashamed, and being alone don't help. Which is like, okay, so Lance's parents clearly just like got rid of him. They were yeah. like, I, I don't want you in my life. And Lance sat there and he's like, I'm gay and I don't want to be gay. Being gay is a sickness, you know? Yeah. But then eventually... 
you know, like now he's proud. And also he's yeah. kind of become a piece of shit. Like that's how he's reacted to the trauma. Yeah, but he's also been treated like a piece of shit where Kitty's parents are, haven't done anything yet, you know? And I think this is what we're, we're supposed to have these two perspectives where Lance's parents clearly were like, Rejected you're gay, him. you're a mutant. Get the fuck out of our house. Find somewhere else to live. We don't want you. Where Katie's parents in this are not going to do that. And it, I kind of like that we have both different perspectives here. Mm-hmm. So, And Katie reacts to this by being like, what? Are you reading my mind too? And Avalanche is like, no. It's just that I've been going through it myself, trying to figure it out. But I've learned how to control it. Meet me outside the office in an hour. I'll show you how. Which is also gay. His, this whole show yeah. is gay. Okay. I I, 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 I walked into this show telling everybody that the gay metaphors in this are very, yeah, very it's easy. strong. Makes our job easy. Yeah, I know. So Xavier is, by the way, he's on the phone talking with Gene. This is really funny, by the way. He's like on a cell phone where he's telling Gene basically how Yeah, Lance... at first I thought he was talking to her telepathically, but then I realized they both had cell phones and I was like, oh, I know. Okay. I don't know why they're doing that, but like then it's funny because like Gene's like, I, I don't know what to do about Lance because he's trying to like step in and deal with Kitty and Xavier's like, you're going to have to get her away from that because that kid's clearly going to try and cause her trouble. Yep. And then Xavier says, Xavier out, which I was like, <laughs> Xavier, you're on a cell phone that you called her on. Yeah. Like, you know, this isn't like you're on a walkie-talkie. Yeah. I don't know why he said Xavier. It's clearly you. And then and then Xavier approaches <laughs> stairs and he goes, some obstacles are more irritating than others, which I thought was, like, actually kind of funny. It, I yeah, mean, it's, it felt I like d- a very early 2000s joke about how, like, there weren't ramps everywhere. And I was just kind of like, yeah, fair enough, dude. Like, I know. I mean, Xavier has a reason to be mad about that. Yeah, and also, does. it's fucking Xavier. And I was like, okay. It's like Xavier's biggest enemy in this episode. Is like Some stairs. Because back then, there weren't enough fucking ramps. There weren't. So. There weren't. So, fair enough. But it was kind of weird to just randomly have a joke about that in the middle of a show that, like, wasn't about that topic but I, I was just kind of like all I, I right i don't know sure, like, sure. but then then we go we take a break now to some incredibly <laughs> oh gay God. power ranger shit that goes on for like 10 remember minutes. scott kurt and logan and also Saber yeah we're Tooth? going back to their story now yeah so scott and kurt are driving around and kurt's like i don't see them i've lost them he hits the car and scott's like can you not hit my car like <laughs> which is such a teenager thing when we all have I our know. first car and we always drive our friends around. My, okay, because I was the first one to have one. Yep. So everybody would get in my car, they'd like throw shit around. And, be like, and, I'd, and I'd always be so bad. I'd be like, why do you stop doing that? And they're like, Ryan, why are you being like that? And well, I was like, I think you were probably in the right in that scenario though, because like it I was know, your well, car. <laughs> I know. Plus my dad owned it at the time. So, yeah, so like the rest of us were just like, wow, why, why is Ryan being such a prick about his car? Why <laughs> yeah, won't so he drive us every for free <laughs> i don't know I, it's ridiculous too because it was just like a regular like hatchback or whatever so it could fit like a total of four additional people and we always put like seven in there i know so Good times. that was stupid anyway so kurt points to the parking garage in which, which logan, logan is just standing dramatically on? standing on the top of it and then just as dramatically Sabretooth drives off the roof of another building yes, to land on, on the motorcycle. parking garage yes, and i'm like absurd. what is happening and Sabretooth's like unfinished business runt and Wolverine's like bring it on pops and I was like what is happening so is Sabretooth his dad in this version I or... don't know I don't even understand because Logan just called him pops so I was like I... is this a dad situation no, because then they start like gaily wrestling for the next they also 20 minutes look like they're the same age so I don't know I don't know what Who, to say I mean about this is this the same question we had in X-Men the animated series we will never nothing know. has changed we will never so Wolverine know. cuts off Sabretooth's wheel so Sabretooth's like flies off the building he 
lands on Kurt and Cyclops's car. Kurt manages to teleport both of them out just in time. Scott screams, my car! <laughs> I Logan know, and looks then, at them and is like, why the fuck are you two even here? Yeah, but before he can even deal with that, Sabretooth takes cars and starts hurling Throwing them, them through the ceiling until eventually the entire ceiling of cars collapse and Wolverine falls into the story the below garage, him. Yeah. And Sabretooth takes a car and pins Wolverine and against pushes the, it into yeah, him. And then they have this insane <laughs> moment of dialogue in which Sabretooth says, one shall fall at the other one's hands. Our destiny. We can't change that. And Wolverine's Yay. like, you really believe that? And I'm like, what is this? What is happening right now? What the fuck is happening? Like, what is this Final Fantasy bullshit that just know. entered? Like, I don't even understand why this is here. What destiny? Because, by the way, it's never going to be explained on this show. So I don't know what this line just even gay. means. They're, de- they're each other's destiny because they're ex-boyfriends. And then well, Cyclops I mean, suddenly decides now is a good time to enter ravine by the way and he's like hey hairball i've got your destiny right here and like zaps sabertooth with his eye beams and then like kurt runs up and tries to leap on sabertooth who just immediately swats him away like he's just a fly or something and um logan's got now and he throws sabertooth into the parking garage elevator real quick but then before they can actually fight sabertooth kicks him out of the elevator closes the elevator door and rides it away logan tears open the elevator door which is really funny also because he's just like tearing it with right. And then Sabretooth has the gayest line that I can't believe he even said in which he says, a taste of things to come, Wolverine. Yep. And I was like, okay. okay. And then maybe this is like a weird kink thing for them. Like maybe they're, just they're fighting actually... each other. That it's no, like a I, sex what, thing? what if they're not fighting? Maybe they're like actually like have this sexual chemistry, right? And they've been together. They just meet up sometimes to hook but, up. But, no, but, right. But they've gotten to this point where they like want to be something more than that but like they can't reach that and also they have this point where they both want to be on top and they're just trying to fight to be on top and like that's what this whole thing is and the whole thing is like one's gonna fall off the other one's hand it's like finally one of them's going to like get, get to be the top by the other get one get to be the dad yeah. That's yeah. the only, I mean, what else could that even mean? You're right. There's nothing else it could possibly be. We've definitely solved exactly what it is. That's We've exactly what it. it was. Good job, Nancy Drew. We got this. So anyway. <laughs> Cyclops so and then, Kurt are still there. So Logan and Sabretooth don't get to yeah, fight. Necro, they're in their costumes, by the way. Yeah. And Necro's like, we showed them. We are the X-Men in the like, which poses. Which is adorable. Which, by the way, that is in character for yes, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler is such a ham in the comic books. I actually, this is why I hated him in the animated series. Because like, I'm like, who is? this this is not nightcrawler yeah so he hams it up here and wolverine has this line where he's like i don't fight your battles so don't fight mine and he walks away and nightcrawler's like he loves us and cyclops is like what yeah cyclops is like yeah big time but like sarcastically like clearly picking up on the fact that logan does not love them but i thought it was really funny that kurt said that i don't even understand like what Nobody understands what happened. It also is that nobody did a question like what happened to the property. We're back to this question again. Oh, yeah. Like a parking garage and several cars have been destroyed and they're just <laughs> going to leave. There's also like a motorcycle on top of Scott's car outside. Yeah. And they're just like, how are gonna they going to get home? Like, are they I don't all going to ride Logan's motorcycle home? Yeah, I know. They're in the middle city. Nobody saw this. Yeah. There no was no people in the city empty, at this moment. Completely empty city. I don't know where what was happening. I don't know why this B plot is here other than to know. establish that Kurt and Scott have a crush on Logan, but Logan is fucking Sabretooth. That's all we uh, yeah, need it, to know. It just, it's just like this other gay sequence of events happening in the background. So then we go back to Kitty's story after the, like that 10 minute weird montage. Yeah. And Kitty's approaching Lance outside the office mm-hmm. and Kitty's like, so how do you take control? 
And Lance says, by admitting something no one wants to cop up to, that we are outsiders and that there is something wrong with us, which is like really dark thing to think about yourself. That's like being like, that's like when you're gay. And you're like, I'm going to be fucked up. Like if everybody says that I'm a predator, why not just be one? Like that's kind of Avalanche's villain story. Yeah, exactly. And also like when we were like coming out in 2000 or whatever, back then they were like, there's something wrong with gay people. Like that's what they were saying. So Kitty looks sad here and Lance says, don't fret it though. Instead of that, embrace it. The way I see it, fate dealt us the winning cards if we if we plan together. And Kitty's like, nothing's making any sense. And Lance is like, that's why I'm here to light your path. And the first step leads us right into that office. Yeah. So then we have a shot of Kitty walking into the office and unlocking the door to let Lance in. And she's so excited that she did that with control. Mm-hmm. She hugs Lance and Lance is like, how did it feel? And Kitty's like, it was totally unbelievable. And Lance is like, you're making it yours, Kitty. Once when you own it, nothing can own you, which I actually do like that line. Yeah, except he did just trick her into doing something for his Yeah, own but ends. like he's, 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 he's pretending to be nice to her. Right. The, meanwhile, outside the school, where I don't know where any of the students or the teachers are in the school today, gone, by the way. Which is for the best because like a, a building is about to fucking explode. Didn't, didn't they say, he didn't say to meet her outside at like one o'clock or something that's like in the middle of the school day no one is actually here at the school it's just gene kitty the two popular girls and lance like i don't know yeah, i don't know so everyone's gone and outside the, the kitty's parents show up with xavier who's called them yeah with gene who's in her full uniform yeah. i don't know why i don't know like, why either. nobody's questioning any of this and gene's to me like kitty's broken at the office and mrs pride's like she hasn't done anything like this before and Xavier's like, we got to get there before shit gets more fucked up. Like, and so Xavier tells them to go ahead of him because his chair is too slow, which is like just interesting. I feel like this version of Xavier, like he doesn't have a cool futuristic wheelchair. Like he just has a normal wheelchair, a wheelchair. which is I know, like I kind of, enjoy kind of that something that bit. they continually show on this show. Like he can't go I don't as think fast. He gets a hover chair. Yeah. In this. I, I just think thought he it was interesting in that like they establish it as part of it for him is that he's just like, go ahead go without right. me. Right, this was influenced by the X-Men movies that Fox was putting out at the time and they only had Patrick Stewart in a chair. In like a regular chair, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's why they're doing this. Mm-hmm. So then we go inside and Lance is doing the typical I have a floppy disk in yes. the 90s and I'm just gonna steal all this information just off this like computer. Just like Hobgoblin. It's exactly the same. I, we're back to fucking <laughs> like computers, big box computers yep. and CD-ROMs and floppy disks. And so Lance goes, Test answers accounted for. And that's when Kitty realizes that he's using her. And she's like, that's what this is about. You're cheating. Mm -hmm. And obviously she doesn't like that because she works really hard for her grades. Not that he knows that. But yeah, he doesn't know anything about her. So Right. But it's kind of interesting because he just met her. But supposedly they've both been in the school for a while. But like to the point where nobody really knows much about Kitty because she's too nerdy and gay to like make friends, which Mm -hmm. is a sad. But also he thinks he knows her and he just. I don't know. He doesn't. And so his line here is like, hey, this crummy school uses these kind of tests to keep us down, Kitty. No more. We take control. Now let's modify some grades. Pride. P. R. Like he's just assuming that she also gets bad grades because he's like flattening out his own experience to be everyone's experience. And Kitty's like, actually, that's like the only thing I am good at. And I also don't want to cheat like at all. Yeah, that's basically that what's happening. The Lance is like, look, there's no victim here. We are just evening the score. And Kenny says, this doesn't feel right. I've changed my mind. I want to go. And then Lance grabs Kitty, which is like not okay. Yeah. He's like, what do you think you're doing? And then I kind of like that 
uh, Kitty's dad shows up yes. in the room because in the in the comics he is a character that does both her parents will show up and be very like protective of her and he's like let go of my daughter and then Lance uses his powers to like try to murder her dad yeah like that's a whole thing that happens he knocks a whole bookcase on him somehow he isn't like injured he i but think he, is, he is like he definitely cries out and like doesn't get up right away like it's kind of a scary moment where kitty's dad like has a fucking bookcase fall on his head like, i mean that is a lot it's not it's not like and a cable wasn't even scene. there yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely dark. I mean, like, this show is dark. And so then Lance is like, they're just going to confuse you, Kitty. Come on. And, like, tries to drag her away. And, that's, and again, it's Lance's, his perspective is that, like, his parents tried to confuse him. Yeah, and, like, didn't understand him. And then Kitty's right. mom is like, Kitty, please, we can work through this together. And Kitty's yelling at, at Lance to let go of her. So this whole part is sort of interesting because, like, it's basically a build up to Kitty realizing that she can use her powers to escape. But like up until that point, no one actually tries to help Kitty. And I would guess that's because Jean, who's also there, knows that Kitty will figure that out eventually. And that when Kitty truly wants to leave the situation, she will, which I yeah. thought was like, I sort of mixed feelings about it because I was like, why isn't anybody trying to help her? Because she's like been grabbed by this man. But then I'm also like, well, she has superpowers and they all know what the powers are. And the powers are that she could leave the situation at any time. So like maybe all of them are looking at this and being like, if Kitty really wanted to leave, she would. And she's not. So we have to convince her to leave. I don't know. I, yeah, how did you I, read I, it? I think that's a good reading on it. That or is like, I think Gene is doing what you said because basically what happens is Lance avalanches a hole in the wall. Yeah. Lance screams, we're in control now. We make our own way, which again, his perspective. And that's when Gene uses her powers to remove the bookcase off of Kitty's dad. And we have these lines from Gene and Kitty's parents that are really important. So I think your reading is right because Kitty's dad says, Kitty, I pushed you to this. I know. I wanted to pretend nothing was wrong. I'm not perfect. I'm learning just like you are. And Kitty's crying. She's like, Daddy. And Lance is like, he starts shaking the office to bring the whole school down. And Jean's using a bubble, so she can't actually do anything at this point because she's using all her powers to do that. Right, because she's using telekinesis to like prevent the building from collapsing. To like, protect her parents. And Jean says, you call your gift a curse. If you go with him, I guarantee you it will be. And Mrs. Pride's like, please, Kitty, listen to her. And her dad's like, sweetheart, we love you. And Avalanche is like, it's too late. You're with me now. So I think your reading of this is correct, where they're like, Kitty, like, they also know if Kitty's going to run away, she can just run away. They can't stop her. Because yeah. like you said, she could just phase through them. Yeah. And Kitty screams, no. She phases out of Lance's hand. And she goes, I'm not going with you. And Avalanche just screams and brings down the roof on them. Yeah, and he brings it down on Kitty, by the way. And he thinks he's killed Kitty in this moment. Or at least that's how I read his reaction. Because he looks horrified that he's allowed that to happen. Which is sort of an interesting move for him. But then he runs away because he's also a coward and like afraid of himself on some level. Like even though he's claimed to be so overconfident up to now, he still doesn't have control of his powers. And also like abandons the situation in this moment so that's sad yeah it is it is all very sad because it's a lot of his problems being projected onto kitty who's just figuring things out with parents who don't know what to do but they want to do something to help her right which is very lucky for kitty that she has parents who are in that situation as opposed to avalanche's parents that is how it's in the comic books too because a lot of the x-men don't have parents that they can go back to a lot of them do wind up on the streets and kitty's parents are not that and 
I, we know Iceman's parents have such a fucking weird relationship with him. And mm-hmm. I think that is also realistic. But Kitty's parents are one of the few examples in the comic books where like they're like they're there for her. Yeah. They help Xavier and the Institute out. They fund them. They're like, hey, they, they don't know what to do at first, but they're kind of like, you know, let's at first at first they don't really know what it all, it's all about. But then they're kind of like, hey, let's let's support this because it's obviously a cause that needs supporting. And our, our daughter is part of that. And we're not going to love her any less for being gay, you know? Yeah. Um, and, that, and so I'm glad that they're in this show and they continue to be in the show, actually, which is really nice. Yeah, it's and cool. So, Meanwhile, so the entire building is destroyed. Now. Yeah, I know. And Xavier's <laughs> outside and there's nobody there again. And Xavier's like using his mind to be like, Gene, Please do all the heavy lifting. Please keep your mind clear and don't let anybody die. And Gene's like, I I can't. And Gene, Xavier's just doing screaming focused repeatedly. Yeah, it annoyed me. I was like, fuck I you, know. dude. Like, uh, it reminds me of that scene from X-Men Apocalypse, the movie, where he's like, Gene, Gene. unleash your power, Gene. Hello, Gene. And it's like, oh my God. So then Kitty emerges from the rubble using her powers. Obviously, turns well, out she's Well, first Kitty's fine. parents thinks that she's dead. Yes. You know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so does Gene. Gene is like, I think kitty's dead and xavier's like gene focus and she's like oh my god okay <laughs> yeah, so then kitty comes out of the rubble she's completely fine and then kitty's like everybody grab onto me i'll get us out everybody's so happy kitty's alive she phases everyone out of the collapsing building I, when did she figure out she could do that i with don't other know people, honestly but she luckily knows she can do it um so then kitty sees xavier and i was kind of surprised by this because i was like does she know who the fuck he is like she doesn't right but somehow no she's she like, doesn't oh this guy's fine and I feel like maybe there's a scene that got cut here yeah, to shorten the episode. That showed her That's... like who Xavier was or something. But like it's fine. They just kind of skip over it here. And Xavier's like, "Yes, Kitty, you have a gift and you've used it well." And Kitty hugs her mom and like apologizes to her parents. And she's turns to her dad and she's like, "These people want to help me and I trust them." And I was kind of like, "Kitty, why do you trust them?" I don't know. I mean, Jean said that she's going to read your mind, and you don't know who Xavier is. You don't really know who Xavier is, but, but... he definitely will read your mind. Oh yeah, so... they'll both read your mind. So are you sure you want to do this? But her parents are like, we totally trust them also. Have fun moving into that place. <laughs> well, Which, I mean, fine. I, I, don't I know. think I think they pose it as like her father's like he turns to the professor and says, I think we have some things to talk about. So I right. don't think it's a straight up like we're going to send her off to the school. Yeah, it's like, tell us a little more about the school. Like, and also, then... tell us like how you know all this. Give us some information because we don't know what we're dealing with here. And you guys do. And so if there was another scene here, which I wish we got to see that scene is like how Xavier and Jean and Kitty has a parent, a conversation with her parents being like, okay, this is what's happening to your daughter and why you don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I, I'm well, I'm okay with the fact that it's not there. I'm willing to assume that it happens somewhere because like they have to do a lot of economy of language in all these episodes. Cause they're like 22 minutes. So they really have to make sure to slice and dice. And I'm, I'm very sympathetic I know. to that. So. I do. I do too. At least we're not trying to take like three years worth of story and push it into one episode anymore. So that makes it a little yeah, bit easier, and they're, but they are also having, to completely reinvent a new version of these characters' stories. So, like, right. they are telling it from the from the ground up here. So, that's not easy either. So then, a bunch of fire trucks arrive at the school because a building fucking collapsed. By the way, I was thinking as I watched this, like, the stadium collapsed at that other school last episode, and I'm like, are we just gonna watch the X-Men destroy shit yep. in literally every yep. episode? Like, yep. we may as well Get just start keeping that. track of it now, because it's already absurd. So, like, Scott well, blew up great. a stadium. We can put it in the Mutant Ages, the fan fiction. Yeah, and, like, low 
Logan blew up a parking garage today. Technically Sabretooth Day. I don't know. Now we broke something now else. Now we broke a, a theater department building. So then we see um, Avalanche in the woods behind the school and he's watching the like building Like 911 show up basically. Yeah. yeah. There's like a ton of and paramedics. He, he like walks away from it in shame because he did it he caused it and then like mystique bounces out of yeah, the bushes she, sexually how did and she it's get like to illinois by the way i don't know she's just she turned into a jet she has her own yeah she has her own mutant alarm or magneto does or some shit i don't, I don't know. fucking know who, who knows mystique's just like standing there super like super sexy he's like hey little boy looks like you fucked this up <laughs> but don't worry you don't need to go to the school anymore because i have an opening for you at my high school in bayville high i have much to teach you my avalanche and i was like what the fuck is happening and, and then mystique, mystique just like, turns sexually into mystique. turns into her blue self and she's like yeah and avalanche is like oh <laughs> my god of, i was like <laughs> like honestly mystique is great on this show i love her I... like what is she even doing she's like <laughs> she's jumping like, out of bushes hey. She's I, like at the end of that. She like is the one note sequence here at the end where she bounces on the bushes. She's so sexy, like she's like, "Hey boy, you <laughs> fuck things up, but if you want to fuck me, you gotta come with me." <laughs> it's gonna be evil. <laughs> it's like what? really, really funny. It's like a Shira moment from the old '80s cartoon. I just kind of love it. I love it so. too. I love it too. So then it's like a fade to black, and then that's the end of the episode. Um, I guess we have to rate it. Did we even remember to rate the episode last time? We probably yes, we did. did. Okay, uh, we get a I, we get a four out of five. In this episode, I'm getting a five out of five because I think the metaphors work really well. I think. It is a pretty solid piece of story, My, not including Saber to the Wolverines theme, but it's fine. It <laughs> showed what? us like I what they were doing. I also loved that though. So like, yeah, I'm I gonna mean, go ahead and say it's great. I don't know what that Destiny bullshit was, but I don't know. I, don't know. I enjoyed the Destiny every lovers. single minute of it. I really so. have no idea. So I think it's actually a pretty solid episode. As I said, the metaphors are really good. I think it does a really good job at expressing what mutants are going through and the different perspectives that we get from both Lance and Kitty's backgrounds. Like, Kitty's very lucky to have parents that accept her. I don't know if I necessarily like the the point of view here where it's kind of like, well, if you're a kid who lives on the streets, you're going to, like, have a bad background. But if you have Kitty's parents, like, you'll, you'll be, be going to Xavier's Institute. I don't really That's know if I enjoy like, it. realistic, though. You know what but I mean? But also, like, yeah, I agree. But see, the thing that's so Xavier where he he knows there's these two kids here. He's yeah. not interested in Avalanche because he's like, that guy might or be Toad. cool again. Like with Toad, like the way he approached Toad in the last episode was he was like, well, I, we should try just try and him. kill him. And then for some reason, like Toad isn't okay with it. And Xavier's like, I guess I'm not going to let this kid live well, here. Because I think Xavier's kind of like, I want my school to have like a pristine record, you know, which is so Xavier. Yeah, but also to have like obedient kids like that's basically what xavier wants yeah is he like, doesn't want people that are gonna fight against it get his wolverine teaching them i don't know yeah i mean it doesn't really make any sense when you factor logan into all of it but at the end of the day logan does respect xavier as well so like i don't know it i don't i, that's I do feel weird. like that's accurate though and it's part of what makes the show interesting to watch as an adult because you can like look at the adults in the show and be like wow they have their own motivations here and like they maybe aren't motivations that you and I agree with, but that still makes it interesting to talk about. I'm not sure if that was intentional when the show was made, though. I think you were just supposed to like Xavier and like trust him, but maybe not. I don't know. I don't know either. Um, maybe you're supposed to question it. Anyway, I'll also give it a five. I enjoyed the entire episode. Even the stupid Sabretooth shit I thought was so hilarious and I enjoyed it. So honestly, 
Loved it. Five out of five X's. I did too. I'm really enjoying the show. I five out of five X's. I really, I did like a lot of the lines in here, especially when Kitty was screaming, what kind of freak am I? Yeah. And then her parents being like, we don't want you to go out of the house because you're gay and we know the gays will get bullied, but also we don't know how to handle this. And then we have like this other gay kid that's like, you're gay too, so come with me, but we have different backgrounds. Yeah. And she's trying to figure herself out. A Jean and her have this weird gay flirty moment, which is <laughs> yeah. like- and, and like even Scott and Kurt are gay. Like everything is gay. They're so gay. Before we even get into that, we have a very short who's that X Men. Um, but then we can talk about who's gay because it's clearly something we need to talk about. So, okay. are you so, ready? Yep. Who's, who's oh X Men? Oh my god. Okay. Is that how we're saying we're, it now? Okay. No, I just wanted to be Doctor Orpheus for two seconds who's, again in my life. I actually had a dream that I was Dr. Orpheus again, like as a character, like in real life. Like okay. I just had his powers. We should explain this. Ryan and I cosplayed Dr. Orpheus and Triana many years ago. Okay. Now that's explana- explanation over. We were in a musical, Adventure Brothers musical. Explanation over. No, we should put it online. <laughs> anyway, so today we're talking about Avalanche and I've decided to talk about actual Avalanche because I think that is who is going to be relevant on this TV show, not Richter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we're ever going to see Richter on a cartoon. He hasn't yet appeared. Uh, even though Avalanche and this looks like him and acts like Richter, it's just Avalanche. So real Avalanche in the comic books, his name is Dominikos or Petrakis. I don't know how to pronounce it. He's Greek. His past is a mystery. We don't know much about him. He's an immigrant from the Greek island Crete. He lives there until Mystique recruits him for the Brotherhood. Avalanche's first appearance with the Brotherhood is to assassinate Senator Kelly, but he is stopped by the X-Men. Avalanche then briefly leaves the Brotherhood and blackmails the state of California to pay him money or else he would cause an earthquake, which, I mean... Pretty fucked could up. Just have been. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it's also California, and is that really out of the normal? Yeah. Uh, in that particular arc, he fights the Hulk during the story. Um, Avalanche then rejoins the Brotherhood as Mystique offers her services of the Brotherhood to the government as the Freedom Force, which is the Brotherhood who are then fighting for the government to like fight Magneto and take down other mutants on the behalf of the federal government which is really fucked up um and during that time they fight a lot with x-men and the avengers they repeatedly try to arrest and kidnap rusty and skids uh and then they also try to eventually save senator kelly which is an interesting twist Hmm. um then later on during a fight with the reavers many of the freedom force are injured or killed during the battle with the desert sword avalanche leaves his team behind to save the injured crimson commando who is with them at the time and that's pretty much how he ends up leaving that team. And Avalanche then goes to work for Project White White Awake until he discovers what White Awake is doing and that Pyro has contracted the legacy virus and he wants to go be with him as a friend. (laughs) No, they're dating, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And that's, that's pretty much his end of his life is crime because then he opens up a bar like out in California somewhere and he goes by the name Nick. Eventually, the X-Men find him, and he's like, listen, I don't fucking want to do anything. I just want to run this bar. So he makes a truce with the X-Men that they'll leave him alone as long as he stays away from his life from crime. Uh, During Norman Osborn's war against mutants, Avalanche is pissed that humans are trying to prevent new mutants' births because this is after Wanda's whole no more mutants. So Avalanche joins the riots and protests that are against that, and he is taken into custody along with several other mutants just for like protesting that they have rights Mm. um, until the X-Force frees them and Avalanche then becomes a resident on the X-Men's Utopia and briefly becomes a member of the X-Men during that time. Uh, Avalanche is then kidnapped by Red Skull who removes part of his brain and replaces it with a machine that turns Avalanche into a puppet to attack New York City 
Captain America tries to save him and stop him simultaneously, but Avalanche knows he can't be saved, so he commits suicide by jumping to his death. Wow. Uh, we don't see him again until he is resurrected in Krakoa. And there's there's briefly a period of time where there's a second avalanche around the time that there's a second pyro, but like the second pyro, these those characters have just like straight up disappeared. So got it. Nice and short. I mean, he appears a lot in the earlier comic books as part of the Brotherhood, but in terms of plot points for him, that is his his arc. He's somebody that is recruited by Mystique, kind of goes his own way, and then realizes he's more like of an anarch- anarchist than he is than anything else. Yeah. He, is that kind of his arc on this show? Yeah. So, and I think, I actually think this show eventually inspired a lot of that arc for Avalanche in the comic books because Utopia oh, and all that shit before. was after. Yeah. Yeah. That's always kind of fun. I mean, eventually we'll get to it, but like X-23 is from this show. Like, we're, we're clearly right. like in the period well, of time. Well, X-Men Evolution obviously inspired a lot of of X-Men content because X-Men fans loved this show. So Yeah, I mean, it's kind of fun once you get to that level where the comics and the shows are coming out at the same time and like one is influencing the other. And so like, right. you kind of just have to know about everything and it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And that, and that is fun. So that's Avalanche for you. Cool. Uh, maybe someday we'll get to Richter, but I don't know. I kind of want him to appear in something first. Who knows what the future entails because now that Disney owns Marvel, I think we you will get- You never know. I don't know. I think we're going to get a barrage of different X-Men cartoons at this point. I, I don't even know. I definitely think we're going to get some cartoons. I, I yes. feel like COVID has shown that cartoons can still be made. Games can still be made. So like, I'm looking forward to some cool cartoons that's, that's and games surviving. in the next few years of our lives. And that'll be really neat. Maybe some of them will yeah. even be X-Men cartoons. That'd be fantastic. Unfortunately, Avalanche and Richter are two different characters. And Richter's gay. But who <laughs> else is gay? The X-Men Scott, Logan, Logan, Sabretooth, Jean, <laughs> Kitty, Kitty, Avalanche, like every character that appeared in this episode, Mystique. Mystique is also gay. I, you know Actually, what? Mystique is not that gay in this. In this episode, she comes out, she's like, here's my vagina, Avalanche. Get ready to join the Brotherhood. <laughs> I refuse to interpret her that way. I still read her as like a cool butch lesbian, which is our Me original read of too. her. And I love it. I just it. wanted to say that because I thought it was funny to picture Mystique saying that. It is hilarious. But it's also like, clearly she's just preying on other queer kids and being like, hey, you're queer. Be part of my my brotherhood, uh, my sisterhood of mutants. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I would say the gayest characters in this are Kurt and Scott, oddly enough, except maybe Logan and Sabretooth are the second place. But like, why did Kurt and Scott even follow Logan? There's I don't know. No they were like for them to I, do it other than because, being horny. Like that's because the Cyclops only literally says that Logan's packing heat, aka Logan's got a big cock. Let's go see where this goes. Yeah, you know, it's just I don't know. There's just a teenage horny energy to Kurt and Scott I, I in this love episode. It. And like that Kurt's I love. got his around scott and he's like let's go honey buns you it's, know it's cute i i'm really surprised that the two of them are shaping up to be the ship of the show but you had told me that that was going to happen so I'm i did just i was like i was like ride, just as a warning there's some weird shit that happens on this show yeah but then it's they have fun. a classic ship with logan and, and Sabretooth, which is a weird ship because they're maybe related but also like they're not 
They're just dating. I mean, that one we already knew about. But, like, as we go along, like, Boom Boom and Magma are going to be a big ship on the show. And that's not a thing from the comic Mm -hmm. books, you know? I mean, I still, now I'm like, I wonder if Gene and Kitty are going to have more, like, kind of gay moments together. So that'll be kind of fun. They they, They do have a lot of gay moments on here. I think Rogue kind of does, too. There's, like, a whole episode where all the girls go be vigilantes without the boys because they do this whole like women power thing. And during that, I mean, this is where, you know, it's like made by a man. There's like a whole montage where all the women are grinding against each other. Like, (laughs) we're like, we're lesbians and we're lesbian vigilantes. And we're like, we're like, whoa, what's happening? I love it anyway. But yeah, it is actually pretty fantastic. Like this, whoa. <laughs> Ryan falls over. I dropped. I, I dropped the microphone. Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> I, got, I got so excited about that episode. It's great. It's a you. really it's gonna gay be great. episode. But doesn't that anyway. episode end with all of them coming back and like Xavier and Scott or whoever being like that was irresponsible? Like, isn't that? Doesn't it yeah, end with it condemning it them? It's bad. Great. But <laughs> it's it's also written by the guys who wrote Barbie's Dream House. So isn't that show good though? It is. Well, that's why it's confusing. I we'll get, we'll see it when we get there. It's season two, but anyway. So the curtain curtain cyclops are gay in this. Sabretooth and Wolverine are destined to be lovers, I guess, because what else could that mean? Yeah. And Kitty's gay, like on her own. I feel like, yeah. and I feel like same with Avalanche in a weird way. You know, that's kind of how I feel about that. Yeah. And Jean definitely has this whole thing where she's like. Let me show you how to explore your powers with me. And like, also you know, explore your body just a little bit. Yeah, and your mind, because <laughs> that's the other thing I could do is could go inside your mind and explore in there, too. Gene, don't do it. Don't be Xavier. No. <laughs> don't do it. Anyway, that's who's gay. That this is, show is who's gay. gay. We got to wrap up. The, uh, we were supposed to be doing hour-long episodes, but we keep on getting so... Well, like, we're hot. back to doing Who's That X-Men's again. And I we have a lot of stuff to introduce because we're starting a new show. So like, Yeah, we whatever. only have like two more Who's That X-Men's for this season. So don't worry about that. But I think also what happens is that we keep on introducing the show because we're like, huh, there's a lot that we have to explain here because we're in a completely different medium Yeah, we're in now. a new universe. Like we yeah. have to explain a lot of setup. But anyway, let's do plugs because here we are. We're at the end of the show. And that means it's time for... The butt plugs. plug. This this week's butt butt plug is called Destiny. It's like each week's butt plug will have a different name because like it's like a keyblade where it has like something that's based on the episode. Oh my god! You can also wield the butt plug like a keyblade. So there's okay, that. Okay, great. Uh, that'll be some merch that we sell as soon as we can figure out how to make keyblade butt plugs. But um, who's gonna get the keyblade butt plug inside of the uh, Mutant Ages fan fiction? I don't know. That's up to you. But uh, that's true. That is I'm something that people get to hear about on the listener mail episodes. And if you want to be a part of a listener mail episode and why wouldn't you you should email the mutant ages at gmail.com or you could join our discord because because sometimes we include stuff that's that's on the discord and also it's just fun to join it by going to the mutantages.com or mutantages.com either one will work and we've got a discord invite link over in the right hand side we also have a voicemail we usually play voicemail on listener listener mail episodes and that is 1508-319-1668 and Last but not least, we have physical mail, which you can send to us at P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. You can find all that on themutantages.com. Yep. And you can send us you can send us physical mail. I'm not afraid of it. I'm the one who picks it up. <laughs> Nobody's Do not gotten worry. COVID through the mail yet, but we'll still clean the mail anyway, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
you at this point, know. by the time we know. open it, it's going to be... Yeah, the I germs know, are like, going to be dead. Don't worry about it. Social yeah, distancing, really understand. it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, we got it. So we also have social media. Do you, do you want... Yeah, speaking of social distancing, we have social media. <laughs> and we have... We are on everything. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest. I was thinking about opening a TikTok too. And I was like, Ryan, don't create more work for yourself. Uh, <laughs> maybe someday. Yeah. yeah, maybe someday. But we're also individually on Twitter. Maddie, where are you at? I am at Mitty Myers on Twitter and also Instagram. I am at Ryan.Pagella on Instagram. And I'm at Ryan Pagella on Twitter. You know you're in the right place if you come to Mr. Sinister. Yep. And I have a vlog where I take all sorts of adventures with both Maddie and Katie on here. It's been a while since I've seen Maddie. But... I go around the world. I am trying to find things to do. If you can go give me a big subscribe there, that's a huge help. And you will often get to see our lives as they are and not on this show. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. And speaking of YouTube, while you're subscribing to cool channels, you should probably check out the Mutant Ages YouTube channel because we are slowly making our way through every single X-Men game. First of all, yep. there are some real doozies in there, but Ryan and I play them together. We tell jokes, we make fun of them and we somehow beat them. And there's also a bunch of other funny videos on there. Like we pair clips from this show with clips from animated series, which I guess we could start doing X-Men Evolution ones in the future. Maybe? Yeah, we should. That we would be absolutely really fun can. Whenever we I mean, get around I would to that. definitely love to do the one that's Wolverine and Sabretooth oh screaming. This is our destiny. So maybe that'll know. be on the YouTube at some point. You should definitely give that a subscribe. Um, yeah. And while we're talking about all this sweet, sweet content we give you, we also have to express some gratitude for all of our Patreon supporters. So if those of you that have disposable income, which we know is not everyone, and we are very understanding about that, but those of you who can support the show, we're so grateful to you. And um, those folks have just headed on over to patreon.com slash the mutant ages. They picked a tier level. They're getting bonus content. They're getting bonus episodes, bonus videos, behind the scenes content. AIM conversations between me and Ryan when we were teenagers. <laughs> These are the kinds of things that you get. This is the fresh, as, yeah, hot, I like donor-only content that you get. I, I like it when we read our old fucking fiction. That yeah, we, we read we old teenagers. fan fictions and too. just regular we're gonna, fictions. We're going to do some other podcasts as well. I mean, we've covered movies, but Maddie and I have talked about, like, talking about Advent Children, for example, mm-hmm. doing something with Todd on there, or even like going back and watching Golden Palace because we love Golden Girls. So uh-huh. we, we have These lots of ideas. These are all great ideas we'd love to do. So, yeah, so but please, we have other stuff on there that you can go listen to. So By all means, please do. So please, please check out that Patreon. Give us a buck if you can. Um, and we also have to give a shout out to a couple of folks who back at the highest tier level. That's right. And those Patreon supporters are Soren B and Samuel B. Yay. Or as Kitty Pride would like to say, like it's totally Soren B and Samuel B, totally tubular. <laughs> that is exactly what her voice actor sounds like. We didn't really yeah. imitate her that much on this episode. Maybe I should do but... this every week. Maybe every week I should be like do a little like like here's Kitty Pride saying thank you to our twenty five dollar patron supports. Not every kid like, but then next week it's like Rogue or somebody related. Uh huh. I Just like that. Ideas I like there. that. All right. So that's our Patreon. Uh, is that everything? Oh no, wait. Listen, we have a really important thing. Let's say, listen, let's say that you listen. cannot afford to support the show and you're sitting there you and you're listen. like, I love the mutant ages so much. What can I do? How can I help them? <laughs> you're thinking you're agonizing. You're agonizing. Over well, besides getting Ryan a date with Wolverine or cable. Yeah, you can give us an, an Apple podcast review. You can give us a Facebook review on our Facebook page, or you can just share the show on your own social media channels, recommend it to your friends, tell them that you like this show. That's all you have to do. That's true. That helps That's true. us out. 
so much and we appreciate yes, and that's every single one of and you and next week we are going to be watching rogue recruit so <gasps> rogue's gonna be yes. here hi sugar okay so we will meet rogue next week and until then we'll see you we'll next see time. you next time call me also cable please i want to threesome with wolverine and cable Ryan, you have the power to do this in the fan fiction make it happen. Okay, Ryan, I got it. <laughs> that ending. The mutant agent.